0: Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, aka entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Empowering Entrepreneurs the Harper Company Plus Way. I'm Glenn Harper with my co-host. Julie Smith. Hey, Julie, what's up? What's
1: going on? It's been a while. How are you
0: doing? It has, but we're back in the saddle and we got a special guest today. Um, kind of a little bit of a psycho, uh, but we love him. Uh, his name's Dave Lucas. Um, he's a another serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, investor, founder of Misfit Entrepreneur Podcast, another podcast guy. His company's been ranked in the Entrepreneur 365 and Inc. 5000 seven times. He can't get enough of what he does. Um, So we're just happy to have him here because, as you know, we're trying to um, empower entrepreneurs who are somewhere on their journey and how to make it better quicker faster and be better at what they do and achieve the success they want and anytime we can get somebody who's done it multiple times that's always Mm -hmm. a win so Dave thanks for showing up today
2: oh Glenn and Julie it's a pleasure to be here
1: you forgot to mention what else he does in his free time
0: I mean you wouldn't uh, think you wouldn't think he has any but that's coming okay that's (laughs) sorry I gotta wait patience yes I got a whole laundry list of things I want to hit that this is one you have not seen me what these are so rapid fire that's it. So um, you're from Beverly Hills, California, and then you ended up in Columbus, Ohio. How'd that happen?
2: Yeah, that, that's not how it happened. Oh, okay. I'm actually an Ohio boy, born and raised. So Whereabouts? Uh, Akron area, originally, wow. in Ohio, and then moved to Columbus after uh, college. And I
0: see so you went to uh, Baldwin-Wallace? I did. And what made you decide to go there? I played
2: football, and they gave me the best deal. <laughs> That's I know other people. They had a really good business and finance program, which is what I wanted to go for originally. So that that was good. So you didn't go there
0: for uh, to be a pro football player. You went there to get an education, and you knew what you kind of wanted to be when you grew up.
2: No, I had no clue.
0: (laughs) What you mean you didn't have it figured out? (laughs) That's so weird. But I but I
2: knew football, and I was good at it, so I started there. Got it. Well, you know, we both love fitness,
0: and I understand you compete in 5K races around the country, and I just wondered how how you got hooked on those. 5Ks? That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I do. That's idea. Glenn's interpretation. Oh, <laughs> it's not 5Ks? Oh, it's, I suspect it's you do these uh, Ferrum Man events. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Iron Man's did. all right. How'd yep. you get hooked on those?
2: Uh, so after college, I needed an outlet. I just, I'm competitive by nature. So I started running... Um, half Ironman or half uh, marathons and then marathons and eventually got bored with that. And just on a whim, the uh, fitness center our belong has got to pull all that stuff. And they decided to do an indoor triathlon in the middle of the winter about six years ago now. And uh, I signed up on a whim just for the heck of it and ended up finishing second out of like 80 people. So I'm like, maybe there's something to this and I enjoyed it. So, you know, I just kind of immersed myself into it and, you know, fortunately you know, worked my way up and now I'm top 10% in the world and in my age group in Ironman. So it's it's been a heck of a journey.
0: That's pretty good for an 80 year old. Yeah, like not that. too bad. Oh. So here's the funny thing. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, people are like, I'm so busy, I can't do anything and I'm backed up. And like, how do you find time to train? Are you just a natural athlete and you train like an hour a week or how do you find time in your busy schedule to do that?
2: No, I think the this is going to sound counterintuitive, but it's actually something that you'll find with a lot of successful entrepreneurs and uh, even those that that you see and look up to as top entrepreneurs and visionaries and founders. Structure equals freedom. And a lot of people don't understand that. They, they hear that and they're like, what do you mean structure equals freedom? The more disciplined and structure you have into your regiment, the more you can get done, the more productive you can be. So I'm highly structured. And how I do things, I typically train two to three hours a day. And so I've got to fit that in with everything else I do. So I learned a long time ago to essentially take my time back. So for those of us that have calendars and everything, if you have a calendar that you have employees and stuff and they're always putting uh, things on your calendar and stealing that time, what I did a long time ago is I learned to take that back and I basically blocked all the times that are for me and the things I need to do in my calendar. And then what was left was available to those around me. And so I built it all in and you know get it all done in a typical week. So
0: That, that doesn't sound like that should work. Um, <laughs> we have to agree to disagree on that. It's, it's crazy that... Um, when you just run amok, like most people do, especially entrepreneurs, they just they have so many things going through their head all day long. They don't ever stop to do the things that are really important. Hmm. And like you said, the structure is everything. I suspect your day starts at probably like 8.30 in the morning or something is when you get up out of bed. and 5 a.m. Things.
2: All right. But there's a second part to this too. It, it's one thing to be structured, but it's another thing you're gonna, you, that you hit the ground running and know what you're going to do. So the other side Purpose. of it is planning. So every Sunday I sit down and I actually, I'm old school. So I actually sit down for half an hour and I write out by day for the week coming, what I'm going to do and what I need to do. So my top things that I need to get accomplished every day. And so I wake up in the morning, I've got training time, usually first thing, at least session one, if it's a two session day, I do that. And then I'm off into these, my to do's and knock all those out. And a lot of times I'm done by noon, you know, because once you know what you're going to do, once you're focused on something, you know, where your focus goes, your energy flows and you end up getting much more accomplished. And so planning and having that uh, structure together is is really what makes it go. Are you suggesting that somebody could get a,
0: have a 18 hour day done in three hours a day if they plan it right and structure it
2: right? I am, because most people waste most of their day. Glenn, is
1: this the the podcast where you take a little bit of tidbits from this and go back and use it on your journey?
2: I'm just gonna.
0: I don't. I don't know if he's talking facts or not here, but no, it is an absolute truism what you're doing. And again, just hard. You know, Julie and I talk about just getting out of your own way as an entrepreneur. And getting out of your own way is again having purpose for what you're trying to do and structure it and do it. Because if you don't, you're going to get stuck in a rabbit hole um, pretty quickly.
2: The, fir- the first place I start when I coach a leadership team, you know uh, these days is with that. I look at the structure of how they're set up and I look at how they're managing themselves. And I will tell you right now it is a a cluster. <laughs> it's a nightmare for most uh, leadership teams. You know, I sat down with a um, about a hundred million dollar business uh, a couple weeks ago with their leadership team. And we went through how they run their business in their day, and it was just all over the place. There's no plan. There, it, there wasn't any structure for how they even do their meetings or any of the type of stuff. And by the time we were done with a day's session, you know, they had things dialed in and set and, you know, got a call actually just the other day from them a week and a half later. And they're running more efficiently than they've ever run just from putting some structure in place for themselves and being on the same page. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: And don't you think a little bit of that is just shifting your mind mindset into being proactive rather than reactive? And I think Mm -hmm. it's so hard for people to shift into being thinking into the future rather than just what's right in front of them and what fire or whatever they have to put out as quick as possible.
2: Well, we we live in an instant society, right? We Mm -hmm. can't even wait five seconds for the microwave anymore. So everything's like instant, instant, instant. We're run by the dings on our phones and these type of things, and we're conditioned to that. So to take a step back from it. Is, is really hard because it goes against what we're conditioned to do. One of the most important things that an entrepreneur can do for themselves is learn to play the long game. And so you have to take the step back and you have to be able to sit there and say, okay, what do I actually need to do three months ahead, a year ahead, right? And how do I start putting things in place to get that uh, you know, in process today? What are the things I need to be working on? So it is being about proactive, but our society and our just way of life is like totally goes against that, you know, for everything that we have to go through every day. Well, I think a lot of
0: entrepreneurs, they start off um, doing business, which is generally they're going to be just self-employed and they're doing their job and they're so busy doing their job that there's no time to think about strategy and planning and long-term goals because they're just trying to get the task done so they can get paid, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how long it takes for a business owner, owner owner-operator, self-employed person to make the change to go, wait, I want to be like an owner-investor or I want to be building a business or I got to think not as a doer but as a creator, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then I think like what you're saying, that part is – like, we always ask entrepreneurs, like, what's their superpower, right? And do you have a superpower?
2: I mean, I can see through walls, but what's yours? Oh, geez. Uh, probably my discipline. That's probably my my superpower. In fact, you know, I went on a five-year journey to learn from the best of the best. I got to sit down, and this is in my early 20s, and I got to sit down with multiple b- billionaires, a lot of millionaires, and, like, the type that you never hear about, but they're worth a hundred, two hundred million. $200 Types and even like some of the great names like Zig Ziglar sat across from him and got to pick his brain the Brian Traces of the world and even Tony Robbins group and others and stuff and, and the whole point of it was to look for these little you know these things that are consistent across them that um, I could take and and put in that you know that I see as patterns as trends that that they all do and one of those things I, I thought was really interesting is that a lot of them most of them don't do any one thing just extraordinarily better than others there are those. But most of the time is they do a lot of little things just a little bit better. They do a lot of the same things that everybody else does. They do them just a little bit better, and that adds up to a huge advantage. And so discipline helps you to do that. And so for me, that's, that's what I've focused on, and it's made a huge difference for me.
0: Well, I suspect that that discipline or, or it's, as an entrepreneur, as you're trying to figure out what exactly is that you sell or service that you do, because once you finally define what it is that you do, then you can get really good at it and it becomes about the value of what you provide. Like you mm-hmm. just said, you talked out of a company, it, you just didn't learn that overnight. You had mm-hmm. to go through this journey to figure that out. But once you figured figured out, you literally can walk in there for mm-hmm. a couple hours and they're going to probably save, what, 20 million a year just in being efficient and being pro- I mean, They're going to do really well. The yeah.
2: um, you know, the funny thing is, is um, as entrepreneurs, we spend a lot more time in the we, it's a series of peaks and valleys, but we spend a lot more time in the valleys than we do the peaks. But the valleys are where the gold are. The peaks are sweet, right? They're so nice. But um, that's where you really get better and you learn is in the valleys. And so, you know, advice to anybody out there embrace those valleys that you go through and everything because that, that's where I learn these things. That's where I learn to be better disciplined. Like, I, I have a formula that um, I teach called DCP, and it stands for discipline, consistency, and persistence. Now, that to anybody sounds like, duh, you need that to be successful in anything. But what does it really mean, right? What is discipline? Discipline is is doing the things that you know you need to do even when you don't want to do them. Consistently is consistency is doing that day in and day out without fail. And then persistence is no matter no matter what, even if you're disciplined and consistent, you're gonna hit these walls. You're gonna hit these insurmountable, you know, just things that that don't seem like you'll ever be able to pass them. And if you're not willing to persist through that and persevere through it, that's where you're gonna stay. That's where you're gonna plateau. And so you have to persist and persevere through that. And that's another thing I think, you know, to truly succeed to the high level as, as an entrepreneur, um, you have to be absolutely relentless. And it, that's what it takes to get through those. Now, there's some other things we will, we'll talk about. You you highlighted a little bit of, a few minutes ago about with any business owner, their goal should be to um, remove themselves from the business. And we can talk about that more in a minute. But First, you, you've got to put that DCP and take it to heart into your life. And if you do, as an entrepreneur, you can very much succeed.
1: So you mentioned discipline and how important and imperative it's been in your journey. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that started? Do you think it was just something inside of you that you've always been able to kind of keep up with? And then you had this light bulb moment sitting across from, you know, these people? Or do you think it's something that you've had to kind of dig down and teach yourself to be able to, you know... Do that on a daily basis.
0: Were you born with it, or did you learn
2: it? Right? <laughs> I, I was born. I was born stubborn. I'll say that. That's something that I've just always been, right? And I think we all have innate traits that we have, but we can talk about conditioning later, how we're conditioned for other things. But the uh, the discipline came, it, I started sports at an early age. Sports definitely helps with discipline. It gives you a regimen, you have to practice, schedule, you have to train, you have to do these things. So that kind of set the base. But as I got into you know my work life and as I got into the real world, as they say, and started looking for how to become better and how to reach my goal. My goal is always be a millionaire by 40. And so, you know, at 24, 25, you get out of school and everything else, it's like, I got 15 years. I got to get this done. Like, how do I do that? And so that's when I really just started like immersing myself and going on that journey I talked about and everything to really figure out like, how do I become better disciplined. That's where structure came from. That's where planning came from. That's where all the little things that I do that add up, you know, to make the huge difference started, right? But that's work. It's always work. It's learning. It's it's uh, personal development, right? I think um, I think Jim Rohn said it best. Uh, formal education will make you a living, but self education will make you rich, right? And, and I think that's that's really one of the most important things anybody can do is is to start seeking, and and start you know learning from all those that have come before you.
0: And it's funny you put a target. You wanted to be a millionaire, okay. Um, as an entrepreneur, that's we li- we have to have goals, but hmm. with inflation, it's really like you got to be like a five millionaire, really. So it Nowadays. always it always changes, but ultimately, you find that I've found we found that a lot of entrepreneurs they don't money is important, but it's not their driving goal. They just want to be good at what they do, be appreciated. We you know a lot of the entrepreneurs we deal with building that team and having the confidence to be able to deliver things well and and know what you're trying to do. That's where it's at. And if you do those things with your discipline
2: and all that, you'll get the money. Well, the I money think, will come. I, I think money and success changes that over time. So when you're young, right, and you're just getting going and stuff, it's about how do I put food on the table right. and and get some of the things that I've always wanted, right? So money takes, you know, uh, maybe a, a bigger stage. As you grow and as you become wiser, right? And as you get to work with with people and and become a leader if you're fortunate to do that. It, it changes, and sometimes it's the hard way. I learned the hard way to be a leader. It wasn't easy for me. Like I was, uh, I, I started out. I actually um, owned businesses uh, in high school, owned um, you know businesses in college started a business. That's how it brought, brought me down to Columbus, Ohio. After college, I failed miserably. Within a year, it failed. We don't, we don't <laughs> use the word fail. Is there a buzzer? We, so, we can't say fail.
1: P- it made you pivot. No, okay.
2: I, I failed. No, 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 um, so, no, absolutely not. It didn't work out. You tried it's o- something else. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, what do they say? Nine out of 10 businesses fail. All that means you got to do a start 10, right? Um, so, uh, so, so, But I learned I learned a great deal from that. I went into the Fortune 500 space. I went into outside sales and was very successful, right? Uh, to the point where I had a lot of autonomy. And so I'd started investing in other businesses and everything else. One of those businesses ended up being the largest one that I ever had that ended up selling before I was 40 and in helping me reach that original goal. Um, but, um, you know, it was during that point in time where I had a lot of success. So what do they do in management in most companies? You got somebody who's very successful in sales. And so, oh, we need to put them in charge of, of others in sales and help them to do what they did, right? And I just was terrible at it. I blew up the first team. I think almost all of them quit within three or four months. Um, you know, and, It was them, not you. No, that's the, <laughs> and that's the thing. It was, I tried to make all of them me. And that was my Achilles heel, and you oh, have to learn. No yes. You All have right. to learn that people aren't you. And so that's when I, you know, went the other way and started okay, so I looked in inward and said, Okay, it, okay, one person leaving is one thing, but the whole team, okay, there's something with me. And I had a great leader at the time that kind of helped me through that and knew that I, that would actually happen. Um, you know, I think I went to lunch after like the last one quit with them and they laughed and basically said, Well, this is this is your rite of passage, and so I I learned. I I had to learn to be more empathetic. I had to learn personality types. I had to learn understand you know the different ones and how to work with them and go through all that. And um, that's where I developed my four rules for management that I now teach today. And ended up taking over multiple other teams, and you know all of them were successful, one hundred plus percent of quota. And you know uh, eventually left and, and went back to do my own thing. So
0: so on that note, the everybody thinks <laughs> non-entrepreneurs or people starting off perhaps think that entrepreneurs just, they flip a switch and they're going to make a gajillion yeah. and it it is, isn't like that. But till you said, of, you know, 10 minutes ago that the Valley, when you crash and burn, mm-hmm. that's where you grow. And it's the yeah. craziest thing. But if you never can't say fail, but if you don't have to pivot, <laughs> if something doesn't happen, that is just brutally traumatic. You can never grow and get better. It just doesn't work that way, which is the craziest thing. But so many people, entrepreneurs in particular, they're scared for that valley. Yeah. And you gotta literally just, you know, do a free fall into it and see what happens. It's gonna be okay.
2: Yeah. And and you know, it's not just going to the valley, it's actually having the wherewithal and the humility to learn from it. That's the bigger thing. But I but
0: I think the the fear. Mm -hmm. From what we, the the fear of what what if this doesn't work, prevents you from pushing forward to make it work. And if it doesn't work, go aha! I should have done this and this, and I learned from that. But there's a fear that doesn't let people hit their potential.
2: So let's let's unpack that because there's always going to be fear. I'm scared. I'm scared. I mean, whether you whether you whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned entrepreneur that's built, you know billion dollar business right the there's always problems there's always challenges there's always things to be afraid of they're just bigger on one end and smaller on the <laughs> the other but they seem huge no matter what and so there's always going to be things to be afraid of there's always going to be that that little voice in your head you know that that comes and gets you and stuff in those moments and so this is where I mentioned earlier about like our conditioning and everything this is one of the um, probably one of the biggest secrets I learned on that journey that I talked about years ago and one of the things that I I probably, in coaching others or working with others, help them the most. You see, we're all born with a oh clean slate, right? It's not like you Glenn came out of the womb and they're like, "Hey, beautiful baby, too bad I'll never make more than 35000 It doesn't work like that. I don't right? know. That was on my <laughs> was birth it on the certificate? Yeah, yeah it said limited that. I don't to know. This is what um, he's going to do. So it's 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 funny. We all come out that clean slate, but all these things shape our thoughts and and how we react to things in our life. Parents, friends, media, culture, family, religion, school, all these things shape our thoughts and our beliefs. And, you know, there's a little formula that, um, your beliefs lead to your emotions, your emotions lead to your thoughts, your thoughts lead to your actions, your actions lead to your results. If you take out everything in the middle, right, your beliefs ultimately lead to your results. So what do you believe? Why do you believe it? Right? Where do they come from? Right? And that's where people get like They find out a lot of times that things that they believe, they say, they do, they live from were never even put there by them. Not something they'd ever choose for themselves. It's just automatic reactions because they're subconscious. That's what it's filed away is the reaction to essentially that situation. And so when entrepreneurs or anyone learns to live from true choice, when they learn to isolate those type of thoughts, when you something is keeping you or holding you back, debilitating in that sense, and you can say, wait. That's not what I want to believe about this. I don't want to believe that there's never enough money, right? People say that there's never enough money. We don't have enough. We, you know, money doesn't grow in trees. Actually, it does. We can talk about that. But, um, you know, it's once you start to change your thought patterns, this is where the gold is, right? Once you start to say, wait, I don't believe that. I, I actually do believe that there's an abundance out there, right? And I start telling myself that and I start putting that into my daily life it's a miraculous. You can do a complete 180. You can go from making a hundred thousand dollars a year to 10 million a year in a very short time, just by how you change your thought patterns and everything else. And so that's, that's a key for, for anyone is to learn to isolate that and, and do that. And so I, in, for my simple brain, you know,
0: cause you know, you've done this way longer, but that's okay. The, I think what I've learned the most, and I would try to encourage all entrepreneurs listening to this, is that you have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you, once you start recognizing that the cold water is just cold water Mm -hmm. and the fear of what may happen, it might not happen. So just go go for it is really a a different change of mindset that Mm -hmm. I think would probably be helpful. And the other thing is, you know, a big thing, I think, for me and probably for you and just other entrepreneurs that you you talk to is they reach that point where they're like, "Well, everybody else is doing it, why not me?" And to do that, you've got to kind of change your environment. You got to change your centers of influences. You got to change what you're looking at because, like you said, that mold wherever you grow up or wherever you're at, that's the expectation. You're in that mold. You have to you have to be
2: okay with breaking that mold, mm-hmm. which is very hard. Well, we're in the mid. Home. We're in the Midwest, aren't we, Glenn? We got that Midwest mentality. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself, it, no, right? Yeah. No, no. That's that. That's a an Achilles heel for an entrepreneur because then you have to do everything. You haven't created a business. You just created a job for yourself.
0: And we we can't help it because we're so old school that mm-hmm. you know we're self sufficient, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's probably is that. What you were going to say? No, I, <laughs> the uh, that's probably one of the uh, biggest regret we hear, and I'll, I'll ask you what yours is. But one of the big ones we hear is that. I wish, the entrepreneur says, I wish I would have delegated, um, given up control, explored and got advice from an expert prior to me figuring it out on my own and Mm. wasting all those years or time frame. Um, That's probably one of the biggest themes we hear. What Mm. was your, if you could go back in time and go, man, if I'd have just did this it would have been an amazing change for where I am today. Not that it yeah. would be better or worse and
2: you needed to go through your journey, but wow, if I could have did that, what would yeah. that have been? Well, that's that's a big question over many years and many businesses and stuff. Um, I will say this, and it's a philosophy thing, but I don't have regrets. And I don't have regrets because of, uh, and I don't know if I'll we'll have time for it, but uh, the story of what it took to bring my daughter home from China taught me not to have regrets. That doesn't mean there aren't things that I wouldn't do differently. I went back, but I don't regret it because everything that had to happen to get me to where I'm talking to you today had to happen exactly like it is. And so you know the chances of you being alive? I don't even know how I'm still alive. Yeah, one in four trillion. That's the chance of any of us being alive. Literally, a a rock hits another rock in space the wrong way, and you're not here. A soldier steps on a battlefield throughout history in a different direction, and you're not here. I mean, everything had to happen exactly as it is. So with that out of the way— One of the things that, uh, well, one of the things that I wish I did in the, in the business that, uh, uh, sold just, uh, you know, the, the largest one that I had, um, one thing that we did in that business is we didn't take outside money. We actually self-funded everything and it was, it was tough. It was really, really hard. You, you've probably heard growth sucks cash. No, we were a fast growing, you know, software company over a course of 10 years, you know, and we were funneling that cash back into the business as fast as we could. We almost you know, you know, basically crumbled ourselves. We were growing 300, 400% a year and almost went out of business multiple times because we were growing so fast. You know, Sales doesn't equal cash, <laughs> as you know. And so you can sell all you want, but if you're not collecting and bringing the cash in the door and you're having to hire to fulfill it and stay ahead, all of a sudden you can wake up one day and not have the, the money to pay the bills. And so one of the things, if I went back and did it again, is I probably would take outside money. I probably would seek uh, some funding. Maybe give up a little bit of ownership and stuff to to help But We probably could have grown the business um, probably twice the size it was in that time, um, and and probably you know and that would have obviously been a bigger sale. But um, but I don't regret it. I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything about no. that journey. Um, but that's something that that I learned there that uh, you know in the future if I had a the right business for it um, that couldn't scale without it. Um, I would I would definitely seek that outside funding.
0: So are you saying that even though this company was just growing hands or feet, it was just getting big and growing and sales and all these things, <laughs> are you suggesting that you didn't take some money out and go buy a Lamborghini and go on exotic vacations and do like, I thought that's what you're supposed to do when your business grows. Is that, that's not the case. No, no. In fact,
2: I was, I was, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think I, my uh, salary up until a few years uh, before uh, we sold was 60 grand. (laughs) We pay, I, you'll learn something as an entrepreneur and as a leader too, when you find great talent, pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so every time it would get to a point where, you know, I might be able to give myself a bump. Right. Um. well, then you would find the that next, you're moving to that next level, you'd find that talent, and hey, they're a six-figure person. I don't care. Get them in the door. Let's get them in here. And so you make sacrifices like that, but it pays off in the end. Now, one thing with a business, if, if you do it right, you know, salary, W-2 is one thing, right? But as you know from an accounting world, there's salary, and then there's distribution. There's profits and that sort of thing. And obviously, from a tax standpoint, the profit side, the distribution side is a, is a better way to make your money as an entrepreneur. And so- um, that was more important to me. And then Absolutely. the long game for the long run of what we were going to do with the sale and stuff less. So yeah. it all worked out in the end.
0: Yeah. I think hmm. the, the point to that entrepreneurs who are listening is the fact that just because you're not making the money today doesn't mean you're not advancing and getting to your goal. Play and the long s- game. Play the long game and don't feel like you've got to keep up with the Joneses and go buy all that crap because if you believe what you have is going to be good, it's going to be great, and you believe it, you kind of got to go all in. And if you don't go all in, it's probably not going to get there. And be relentless. And be relentless. And when you go do it, the, the money will come. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You can do it again somewhere else. But you're going to learn so much more. But don't um, rape and pillage your business and go have all this fun because the rate of return and the, you're going to get there quicker if you leave the money in the company. Well, and and reinvest back in yourself
2: and something also very important for all of you out there too um, a lot of people have grant most businesses never sell it's mm-hmm. really hard to get a transaction done most of them fall, fall apart anyways because of ego and other things that get in the way or T's and C's that just don't work out
0: are you suggesting that uh, entrepreneurs have egos some of them do that's it's amazing. crazy
2: um, but uh most most deals don't happen and that's yeah, that's a common thing just period with deals but you should always build your business like you're going to own it forever, okay? Or run it, I should say, like you're going to own it forever, And but build it to be sold, right? So one of the things that uh, I know you guys talk about a lot and I think is really important that we highlight is that we talked about earlier just creating a job for yourself as a business. That's not a business. It's just a job. It's a maybe got some other perks to it, but it's just a job. A business is, is really – it is a – uh, a collection of systems and infrastructure that work symbiotically with each other to let that business scale and grow. And that doesn't have to have the founder to be present. So I always use like the corner deli versus Subway sandwiches, right? Corner deli's probably got a better sub than Subway does. Absolutely. Right. But if that corner deli owner closes, you know, uh, closes the shop and leaves for a year to go around the world on a trip, that deli's not there when he gets back, right? But the owners of Subway sandwiches, doctors' associates, go sail the world on a yacht. You know their yachts for a year. They come back. There's you know what two thousand more stores or whatever. What's the difference, right? It's that systems and the infrastructure. So the the way you get from that self-employed, you know, or that that you know entrepreneur that's with a job is to create the systems and infrastructure that can scale and work without you. And that's how you get to be a true business.
0: And in pure disclosure, Subway is not paying to be a part of this. No, so I can't. Oh just so you know.
1: But back to that, you know, you have the systems and processes. What do you think is one of the biggest things you learned, especially in the bigger business that you sold, in regards to building a team? You know, you said to pay for talent, mm-hmm. but there's there's a little bit more to that to create something so much bigger than what was there. Well,
2: it, number one, you have to get out of your own way and empower the people to do what they do really well. And if they do it differently than you would have, so what? Um, I mentioned before, I've got you know kind of four rules for leadership that uh, I've brought together over the years. The the first one is people support what they help to create, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to make them part of the process. The second one is people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. So you need to bring them into the vision and help them understand where they fit in and what, you know, um, impact that they have towards it, not just on their, on the small picture, but the bigger picture too. The next one is that, um, people want, uh, You know, it's funny, people won't drive, a lot, most people won't drive, you know, 20 miles to hear a a millionaire tell the story of how they do everything and all that type of stuff and how they succeeded, but they will drive three days to get on stage and get a trophy for something. And so that, that one is recognized when recognition is due, right? And that doesn't mean you just recognize all the time for the sake of it, you know, but when somebody does a really great job, goes above and beyond you really need to recognize and, and celebrate that with them and help them understand the impact that they're having with that. Um, and then the last one, if I don't blank on it, is so people support they help helped create, wanna be something bigger than themselves, um, recognition, um, and then um, um, now I'm blanking in the middle of the It's, okay. it's okay, we'll, so come, back we'll, we'll it. come back to it. it we'll it, it. come back to it. But those three will get you pretty far, so. Oh boy. Um,
1: yeah. No, I think those are great. And I think people often forget that. Oh,
2: I got it. People live up to the expectations that you set for. Them. So that's the other side of it. Perfect. So if you don't
0: believe in your team, well, they're not going to believe in them. That's right. And again, the hardest thing I think for an entrepreneur is, is to get on your own way, to recognize that you, it's literally impossible to do everything that needs to be done yourself because you are not an expert in everything. You're an expert in some things, but not everything, and you've got to delegate that. Your out.
2: job as a leader is to support them, get in the trenches when you have to, but not take over. You know all the work in the trenches, right? That's your, that's your job. You're going to have people that hit, you know, their plateaus, their walls, right? Their their challenges, and that's where you're there to work work through and help them grow, right? And empower them from there, right? But it's it's not your job to do it for them.
0: Man, I it's so. And, and lightning and, and just, I don't know, it just gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling when you have an entrepreneur that kind of had figured it out. And it took you a long time to get there, um, but you were figuring it out as you went. But all of a sudden you look back and I'm like, man, if I'd have known all this at mm-hmm. age 16 when you're, I don't know, probably landscaping. I don't know what you were doing when you're in high school.
2: Uh, so a number of things, but landscaping was one of them. It's an easy uh, one, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's always an easy. It's actually one of the easiest businesses to start, no matter if you're in high school or not. But, um, and then, uh, I believe it or not, I was one of the top, uh, Cutco knife salesmen uh, and, ah, uh, those guys the, are relentless. in the East, uh, of the United States. So, um, but again, it's a, it's a self-employed business. Money was actually really good for a kid in college, paid for college with it and everything. Um, great product too, but, um, it wasn't scalable in that sense for me.
0: No, that the they have a great training program for whatever that reason, and I think you worked for like Paychex or something at one point. Yeah, that,
2: and, in the corporate world, that's so that's where I spent my time as uh, at at uh, Paychex, and that's where I learned those hard lessons about leadership and everything. And thankfully, had some great leaders around me who knew who I was and knew where I would ultimately stumble and fail, and and you know gave me the chances and worked through it with me.
0: But they had a great training program, them. They honest. did, yeah. That, and so that and that's the thing, you know. Uh, one other thing about entrepreneurs is they don't sometimes don't think that they're in sales. They think they're just doing this thing, but they're they really are all in sales. Everybody's in sales. Even it's the most
2: innate be. thing that we we all have. Um, when you you know when you're trying to get. You, when you are trying to get your wife to go on a date with you, you were in sales. It's I all mean, marketing, that, baby. Yeah, it's all marketing. so it's, I mean, that's uh, that's an absolute, you know, innate thing that we all have. It's funny how we like shun it, right? You know, like oh, you know, sales bad or like you know that sort of thing. Oh, I don't want to be a salesperson, right? There is like that connotation with it, but really, every day you are you are selling something. As long as you don't wear a cheap blazer, it's going to be okay. You can be you can be in sales, and they're just going to judge you.
1: <laughs> I don't uh, know how you made it anywhere with your fashion sense.
0: Listen, cotton, is, <laughs> cotton is king, and that's just that's just the the, the way it is. So, um, one of the cool things is, do you have? We always ask this because it's kind of a funny thing to do because maybe you've thought about it, maybe you haven't. But uh, is there an end game? I mean, for Dave Lucas, are you gonna ever just stop and kick back and walk the beach and go on hikes and?
2: What's to say I don't do that now?
0: But not doing any work. Like, I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to be an owner of business. I don't yeah. want to run things I mean, anymore. Are you, are you done being I, an entrepreneur? Has well, that ever happened? I don't know question. if you're
2: ever done being an entrepreneur, Thank right? You. you know, it's just a, it's, you know, it, once you've kind of conditioned yourself in that way, you know, you're going to just think a little bit differently and that sort of thing. You're going to see opportunity everywhere and, and all that stuff. So it's the difference is whether you act on it or one of the things that I've learned to do, uh, much better as I've gotten older, I used to take on every opportunity and try everything right. Um, and I've learned to be much more judicious in, in what I take on and where I put my time and focus, and and say no a lot more. Right? You know, I get asked to be on boards and all these different things and and stuff, and and some of them make sense, some of them just don't. And it's it's easier to say no, um, and and save that time. And, and you know, again, I again with my structure really set aside that time too, um, for. You know, downtime and vacation and going to the beach and stuff and and that type of thing. You're so.
0: going to ruin it for everybody to think that it's easy peasy being an entrepreneur. It's, I'm it's never easy. I, I'm kidding. That You know, it's a, again, I just, when I, when I, we interview guests and I just, I think about what they're saying, what other people are saying, and just the fact that when people have like real jobs or they're self-employed making a job for themselves, mm-hmm. they can never wait to retire. Like, I cannot wait to be get out of this rat race. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But you talk to an entrepreneur, they're never done because yeah. they just love the process. They yeah. love the system. They like building things. It's they the make pursuit. Them.
2: It's the pursuit. Always. And, and, and it's the it's Always thing. something to per, pursue and, and do. And that, it energizes you, right? You know, I, you you hear these stories of like where people do something their whole lives and they're known and then they stop and then like a year later, they're dead. <laughs> it's L- like all they, the time. It's like they lose that, what fueled them, you yeah. know? And so- um, and talk about fear, right? You know, that's like something that I'm like, you know, I, I, like how long can I do Iron Man? That that fuels me. Like if I stop training. Like what type of shape am I gonna be, in? what's gonna to happen to my body? You know, so it's a lifestyle in a sense, and I'll do it as long as I I can and my body permits it to. But I really enjoy it, and I love what it does for me, and it love you know what it does for my health and all that stuff too. Remember,
0: 80s the new 40s, so you'll be That's fine. Right. We're can gonna me? live to 150. I, I agree. I think we're gonna have all
2: kinds of good advances. anybody to read that. Tony Robbins' new book yet on not, but on all to. the science of health and all that type of stuff? We're, we're gonna live to 150.
1: I've watched some of the podcasts that he does on that. Do you, do you ever watch his trainer and what he puts himself through? Yeah, yeah, like, actually, that's just incredible. I,
2: I read the book and actually his trainers in the book and gives like free uh, free training plans to those that read the book. You like get a link and go get them and stuff. So well, I don't I, have know to, I don't I'll have time be doing for any weekend. more training.
0: <laughs> um, no, I, I think you're. But again, that's a funny thing. Most people would be. the Reason I said at the beginning, like most people would be very ecstatic that they did a 5k from a couch to 5k. Well, that's just not a good enough. Now we're going to do a half marathon. Well, that's not good enough. We'll do a full one. That's not good enough. Next, you know, we're doing Ironmans. Again, you're not going to be an ultra marathoner perhaps, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but that don't, as an entrepreneur, don't put a box around yourself and said, I can only do this. Rip that thing down and you can
2: do anything you put your mind to you can't do everything but you can do anything. You know, it's funny all the all the different businesses I've had like there's no rhyme or reason to them if you just saw them as they are um, but they feed off each other like so for example software business right so you think I'm a big tech guy and stuff but actually one of my largest businesses is a uh, investing education um, service where I teach you know people how to invest and create cash flow in the markets all over the world. Well, how did that happen? Right? Well, that happened because once I did get some success as an entrepreneur, I started investing in real estate and then started diversifying, started doing stocks and figured some things out, and people started asking me, "Well, teach me what you do." And I said, "Well, maybe there's an opportunity here." So I started publishing a subscription service online for it. And basically the things that I would normally do on a weekly basis for my investing, now I'm sharing that with others and I'm paid for that, right? Didn't, you know, people wouldn't think well over here, over there. Then I've got a podcast and, you know, but it's the same thing. It's, it's kind of like what you're doing. I interview the top entrepreneurs in their fields around the world. Well, I learn a ton and I take that back to the other things that I do from that and get to have those great conversations and everything. So it's like networking for me in that sense too. Right. So it just, like everything kind of feeds on itself and it's a, it's amazing how the offshoots happen, but you know, it's not like you have to spend all these hours to do those things, right? A, a few hours here, a few hours there, you can actually create some, some pretty amazing things, as long as it's um, uh, building off of the other things that you've done. So you're probably saying the, you know, in a, on a final note, that
0: never stop growing, like trying to increase your knowledge, mm-hmm. your contacts, yeah. networking. Don't when you get to a certain level just stop doing those things, because that's what got you there. Why would you stop? Mm-hmm. So keep going, and then who knows. What might come up to the door next?
2: Yeah, we started with that Jim Rohn quote, right? So self education, right? That's it's amazing how much you can grow. I mean, you know, most I think the the average uh, average CEO reads a book a week, right? So there's a reason for that. Um, so do
0: picture books count? Or
2: I no. think they do. Uh, you know, <laughs> if they're if they're business related, um, but uh, you know, uh, it's I think it's important if you. Don't your mind's a muscle, your brain's a muscle just like anything else. You got to exercise it, right? So, stretch it. You know, that's one of the reasons that I do Iron Man it stretches the mind. You don't win an Iron Man with your legs, you win it with your head. Um, I can't count how many times I've like hit mile 20 on the marathon and like have been a, like my body's dead, it's ready to pass out, my head's spinning. Um, I've had to lay down on the ground, you know, I've had the medics come over and look at me and, you know, to force that. Will. Cut me, Mick, cut me. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Like, you know, d- debating whether, oh, right, we got to take this guy off the course. Right. And, you know, it's that will of the mind to stand up and then one foot in front of the other to walk the next six miles or whatever it is to get it done. Right. And I've never not finished a race, you know? And so that for me is, you know, one of the biggest wins is just even finishing a darn thing, but you would in your mind and that's entrepreneurship as well.
1: So if there's one thing you could tell the listeners about your journey, about what you advice you would give them, what would that be?
2: Ooh, man. I know, I'm narrowing Only it one down. Only one thing? Well, you've, one g- thing. You've,
1: given, you've given a ton, but True. if you could narrow it down to one thing.
2: Curly says there's one thing. I know, there's always one thing with one Curly. One thing. City slickers. Um, You know, um, man, that's a tough one, too. I
1: know, I put you right on the spot.
2: So, because, you know, I'd say, you know, use the DCP formula as a, as a big thing because it relates to all areas of life. But um, don't lose, I'll tell you what, it, probably the most important thing is never lose sight of what's truly important in your life. Never lose sight of the things that really matter because when it's all said and done, there's only a few things that you really have, family, God, right? And so don't lose sight of that. Don't sacrifice the your, your values and who you are, you know, just to get a leg up or something like that. You know, be able to have, wake up every day with a, a strong conviction for who you are and you know, clear conscience and you'll be great.
0: Awesome. They appreciate you being on the show. Do you want to give me shameless plugs into your companies <laughs> while we this thing? You're Certainly, sure. yeah. well,
2: welcome to uh, appreciate that. No, if, um, if you want to learn more about things that I do follow me on my journey and stuff, check out uh, the Misfit Entrepreneur podcast, and you can go to www.misfitentrepreneur.com or find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And if you're interested in trading, investing, learning uh, a passive way to create income from the markets, um, 12minutetrading.com that's 12minutetrading.com and we actually have a free uh, whole series of videos and everything that you can sign up for there, ebooks and all that they will teach you even if you're just a beginner never even done it before so those are the two areas to go and, and check things out.
0: Fantastic Dave thanks a million, appreciate it. Thank you guys Glenn Harper is signing off, appreciate it I hope you entrepreneurs really got something out of this podcast and it'll help you achieve success in your journey. Truly Smith At Harper & Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.